0: Hello again podcast listeners, this is the newest educational podcast, the Georgia High School Principals Podcast, a podcast by high school principals for high school principals and all educators of Georgia. I'm your host, Jim Finch, and I'm the principal of Mary Persons High School located in Forsyth, Georgia. Remember our mission and vision of this project is to interview high school principals across our state for the sake of professional learning Thank you again for listening to the Georgia High School Principals Podcast, and please feel free to use your preferred format for listening to our podcast, whether that's on iTunes or on Google Play, and please don't forget to listen, like, and share. Today's podcast is Season 1, Episode 8, and we are back on our normal series of interviews with current or sitting principals we most recently took a break from that series to interview former high school principals who are now in different educational roles episode six was, was was with tim helms at southwest georgia resa and episode seven's guest was dr robin hines the executive director of the georgia high school association with that being said today's guest for episode eight is none other than dr ken hartley he is the principal of peach county high school located in fort valley georgia how are you today dr hartley
1: dr finch i am great couldn't be any better we just had a groundbreaking ceremony for the new peach county high school to open in fall of 2021 so great things going on in peach county
0: sounds like a lot of good things going on down there in fort valley for our podcast listeners could you just start off by giving us a little bit of your uh, educational resume and background
1: i tell you, Dr. Finch, I actually, I've actually i known you for a while, but you may not have known some of my background. i tell you, I actually went the non-traditional route to be an educator. Um, I received my bachelor's degree from Valdosta State University in communications. You know, I had this bright idea, this wild idea that I wanted to be the next Chris Berman and work for ESPN or CNN or being a sports broadcaster anywhere in the United States. But, of course, I found out very quickly that the money wasn't good starting out in that industry. So I established myself as a business owner. Uh, a lot of people don't know it. I was a part owner in an antique mall in Byron, the Big Peach Antique Mall. Me and my cousin were part owners of that for about seven years. Um, enjoyed the time being in the business owner and learned a lot, believe it or not, what you would learn in education. A lot, a lot about like financing and money and budgeting money and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I found out quickly that my... My heart was not into the business sector. You know, I always wanted to be a positive role model for students, and and I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. So I actually went through the TAP program. Graduated from the Middle Georgia RESA TAP, you know, and, I, you know, with the teacher shortages today in, in the state of Georgia, you know, I'm a huge, huge proponent of, of, of the TAP program because I know for sure it has produced some awesome teachers and some great, great administrators. So um, I just think that, you know, those people for going through TAP can bring a different perspective, you know, to the classroom setting or the school setting. Um, from there, um, I, I didn't stop going and growing and glowing and everything else. I've received my master's degree from Walden University in education leadership, my specialist degree from Georgia College and State University in educational leadership, and I received my doctoral degree from Argosy University in educational leadership.
0: Okay, any coaching background or assistant principalships that you've done?
1: Yeah, I did. I um, coached, started coaching, believe it or not. At two years Two years. I coached uh, at Fort Valley Middle School. That's where I started from the TAP program. And from there I went to Taylor County and I was a, a history teacher at Taylor County Middle School for 11 years. Um, I was a teacher. I coached high school baseball, high school football. Um, also coached middle school baseball. Um, I was assistant principal over there for three years. Um, then from there I came to Peach County uh, back home. I tell everybody I moved back home I was a 1989 graduate of Peach County High School. So I came back home after 26 years I tell everybody I was here two years as assistant principal and I'm beginning my third year as the principal at Peach County High School
0: Good deal. What is it that is your why? Why do you do what you do? I think you've gone over some of that, but uh...
1: Yeah, I tell you and it may sound old cliche-ish um, but, you know, I want to make a difference. You know, you want to make, make a difference in the lives of kids. Um, and, and my whole belief, if, you, if, you, if it's not about the kids, if you're not doing it for the kids, then, then you're in the wrong business in education. You know, I tell everybody I got two kids at the house, and I got 950 of them at Peach County mm-hmm. High School, and I want to see every one of them be successful. You know, and I think back, you know, growing up, you know, outside of my parents, of course, and grandparents, you know, the people that made a, a biggest impact on my life growing up, you know, were definitely my teachers and coaches, you know, and I believe they shaped me into the person I am today. And of course, I want to make a difference in the lives of the students in Peach County.
0: Okay. What about any career aspirations? Do you have any next steps or are you just kind of planted where you are right now? i
1: tell you, I, um, Everybody needs a a next step, but I I love Peach County. You know, I love Peach County High School, and, you know, like I said, looking forward to to two years from now in the fall of 2021, um, opening up the new Peach County High School. And, you know, I see myself being a principal here for a long time. And, of course, you know, maybe down the road, you know, 15 years down the road, good Lord willing, you know, I'd like to be possibly, you know, a superintendent somewhere. But, you know, right now I could be just as happy retiring at Peach County High School as the principal.
0: That sounds good. Tell us about your family and uh, maybe some special interests that you may have or maybe even some hobbies.
1: Well, I've been married to my wife. She's an educator as well. Her name is Christy. Um, We've been married 22 years. It'll be 23 Mm -hmm. years in May. She's an ELA teacher at Taylor County Middle School, been at the same place since she got out of college. She graduated from Georgia College as well, and uh, she's been teaching the ELA at Taylor County Middle School for many years. Um, got a daughter, Emily. Uh, she's a junior at Mercer University. Um, she's going the um, the medical route. She um, she's majoring in. Um, majoring in biology she actually went to africa a couple years ago and it's kind of changed her perspective on life so she may change that major to global health but but nonetheless she wants to be a doctor so she's uh going down that path now i've got a son parker who's in ninth grade at taylor county high school um hobbies you know of course uh sad to say now because they're they're terrible all of my teams are terrible but i'm a big florida state fan i had season tickets down there for many years My daughter went to Mercer, of course, we gave up those season tickets, but we still try to catch a game every now and again. But I don't know if I'm going to go back down there if they don't get no better. But, of course, Atlanta Braves (laughs) fan, Atlanta Falcons fan, so I guess all of my teams are not very good except the Peach County Trojans. So, you know, I like to fish and, you know, go to the beach and play golf when I can, but that's, that's few and far between.
0: Okay. Well, that's good. That gives us a little bit of background for our podcast listeners who may or may not know. Again, we're speaking with Dr. Ken Hartley. He is the principal of Peach County High School, located in Fort Valley, Georgia. That's about 20 to 25 minutes south of uh, Macon on I-75. Today's topics of conversation with Dr. Hartley are going to be Title I, Ethics, the summer work schedule, and of course, we ask all of our sitting current or former principals some uh, advice for aspiring leaders. So let's go ahead and get into our question series right now and start off with Title I for schools and leader, leaders. And just kind of tell us uh, how are the Title One funds being used at your school to improve the academic achievement for economically disadvantaged students?
1: I tell you, uh, Dr. Finch, Title One funds play a huge part in, in how we help our students. With you know, as far as the resources that we provide. Um, for your listeners that do not know, to be considered for a Title One school, you must have at least forty percent of your students must come from a uh, low-income families. So that's. That's one part of your Title One. Um, one thing is this: kind of different about Title One. You know, federal money is kind of funny. You, you never know from year to year. You know, just to give you an example, you know, you can't plan really until you get your allotment of money because we got eighty thousand dollars less this year than we did last year. You know, and that's that's a lot of money. You know, you you know, you play a little bit with five thousand, but eighty thousand dollars, we had to really get creative. But just to give you some things that we spend our money on. Um, one of the, the, the biggest ticket items that we spend our money on is it, it pays for salaries and the benefits of our ELA and social studies facilitators or coaches. Um, it also pays the, the salary and, and benefits for our full-time family engagement coordinator. So that's that's the big chunk of the money goes to the salaries for those individuals. But we also pay uh, set aside money for for direct instruction. What we believe in around here is is reme- EOC remediation, and what we do is of course being on block scheduling. We um, we set aside money for our you know teachers to get a stipend for remedi- remediate our kids who have failed the EOC in the winter and in the summer, and of course we give them a stipend for that and retesting. So we set aside money for that. You know, we buy Chromebooks since I've been here. We've, we've set aside money for at least 50 to 75 Chromebooks each year. So we're, we're pretty close to, we got about 950 kids, so we're pretty close to what one-to-one Chromebook for our kids, and that's set aside for Title One money. We set aside money for communication, like for stamps, and any of that, we set aside a little bit of money for that. You know, just your supplies for your day-to-day operations. Any of your technology-related supplies like computer software, um, we always set aside money for that's a That's a program that's put put off by um University of Georgia. It's kind of like a writing component. You know, everything on the EOC, even math and social studies, everything is writing now, not just ELA. So what you do with a we let our ELA, ninth grade lit and American lit kids take it send it off to the University of Georgia and they grade it and they could get all kinds of feedback, so that's a great thing. We also set aside money for USA test prep, um, grade cam, and also any kind of travel and, and registration for any kind of workshops that may be out there that will help our student achievement. And with that, if you are not really realizing what you have to do, you have to also set aside whatever your budget is, you also have to set aside 1% for your parent family engagement coordinator so with that money that one percent you know she has several workshops throughout the year and that's for the workshops and supplies that that she has um, throughout the year so that's pretty much just kind of in a nutshell how we spend it um and like I said that money can go you can spend two hundred forty thousand dollars pretty quick but you know like I said you never know from from year to year what you get you know when I got eighty thousand dollars less you know we had to you know order a few less Chromebooks this year than we did in the past you know so that's that's
0: that's some of the things we do. So you mentioned about your family engagement coordinator. How, how does that coordinator engage the parents into the process? You you'd mentioned some, something about some meetings and whatnot, but... W- Tell me what that, have, what's that well, look well, like?
1: I tell you, it's it's, and it's not not just bragging on here because it was here before I got here, but we um our district does a great job of each school has family engagement coordinators and and they they get together and, and create a, a calendar basically for the whole year of different workshops that they're going to do all year. It may be fast stuff for high school, it may be a math night, it may be an ELA night, but we have something once a week that that we offer for our parents to you know to come in you know to our school you know to involve our parents now sometimes you may have 10 and sometimes you may have 20 and sometimes you may have two but we do have uh, opportunities for them to come in you name it they got you know like cyber safety of course you know we're in a we're in a different world of cyber security and they may have one on you know a workshop on helping you know parents understand what to look for you know if their kids are on social media or on the internet or anything like that so it's just they they do a great job at the district as far as setting up workshops through our family engagement coordinator for our parents you know, be
0: involved in, you know, child's education. Okay, let's move into another topic, uh, the summer work schedule. Um, You know, everybody kind of configures their summer work schedule a little bit different with planning and getting ready for the first day of school or the first weeks or the first months of school. What are some of the tasks that you'd like to see completed immediately when school gets out, like maybe in June?
1: Well, you know that's funny because <laughs> according to some people, they are surprised when when they they think we work during the summer. You know, so I have to laugh when they say when that when I tell them I'm in education, I'm a principal, and I tell them that I work during the summer. They kind of seem shocked. Some of them, you know. So we do do we do do a lot of work during the summer. You know, but I have to laugh when people ask me that, and then I have to laugh too when when people say, "What do you do when the kids are there?" But you know, as you know, being a principal and been administrator for a long time, you know, summer's a busy time for us. You know, one of the first things that I want to do is is right when school ends when our kids walk across the stage. Of course, we got to close out the previous year. You know, whether it be student records or any checklist that we have. I have a huge checklist that I create. You know, the district uh, uh, has a checklist that they wants to create, and also our both of our assistant superintendents have a checklist for us to create. Um, you know, to check off, and we we do that immediately. I try to knock that out the first couple weeks of June. Of course, you know, want to put in early on. You know, early. I, like I said, the first couple of weeks as well, I'm going to put in any kind of, you know, work orders for our maintenance crew. You know, of course we get our, you know, you're always going to get your, your floor stripped and, and waxed and all, but that's, that's, that happens anyways. But I always want to make sure I get with my teachers before they leave any kind of maintenance request that they have, um, but before they leave so I can get that in pretty quick so they'll have all summer to work on it. Of course, some other tasks that we, we try to do is, of course, we do believe in, uh, like I talked about earlier, um, remediating and retesting we get our kids in right after school so they don't have time to be off too long and we do our eoc remediation we bring those kids in and we try to retest them usually around the middle of june remediate the first first couple weeks of june and then retake you know about the middle of june another thing i like to do as far as bringing our teachers in, I set aside some Title One money for that um, that bring our teachers in for a couple of days of professional development. You know, they can get together and, and, and plan as a, a collaborative group with their, with their common uh, their, uh, uh, teachers um, to create, you know, unit plans and, and lesson plans for the upcoming year. Um, you know, and of course, you've got kids that are enrolling every day during the summer, so I want to make sure that we get them, you know rested in in the, in the campus, you know, as well as you know going on and getting them a schedule built. And I'd like to tweak the final adjustments of any of the schedules that have already been completed before we got out for school. Um, just some other things that I like to do, you know, create a duty roster for the year. You know i like to create a calendar of, of events dates whether it be you know leadership team meetings plc meetings professional development meetings i like to go and create that all in june when the teachers get here they know when the meetings are going to be from august to may um some other things i like to create you know i go going to plan my my monthly professional development for the year you know we believe in embedded professional development so our teachers have one one tuesday a month you know that they'll have professional development after school and sometimes we'll do it in-house and sometimes we'll bring somebody in from research or, or, or somewhere else so i go on to create that for the whole year. Um, I like to go and work on my welcome back letter have that ready for my faculty and staff and, and just some other things creating drill dates for the year that's just you know just a synopsis of some of the things I like to accomplish or complete in June.
0: Okay um, what about something in July is there anything that's uh, like that you have to wait until you know, maybe the first couple of weeks, right before the teachers come back, or or do you just have kind of free reign to? Do you, do you divide anything Pretty up between free reign?
1: But you know, some things I like to accomplish. You know, uh, personally for myself, is I'm I'm one that and I can do this in June and July As a matter of fact they actually both fall in July though but um I'm not one that likes to leave the school during the year you know every, you know every every once in a blue moon I'll go you know go to a workshop or something during the year but I believe in being in school every day personally but um I like to get my professional development done in the summer okay. you know I like to, like I said, I like to be at school every every day during the year, so the summer is a good time for me to do that. You know, some of the biggest things that I like to attend, of course, Summer Gale is always a great way way to network with other leaders, you know, and see, you know, visit, you know, go to different breakout sessions. So I I really am a big proponent of Gale each year. Another one that I wasn't able to go to last year, but I sent my assistant principals was the uh, Model Schools Conference. No, it was in Washington, D.C. last year, but it's going to be in Orlando this year, and it's one of the best best conferences you can go to. So I plan on going to the Model Schools Conference in Orlando this year.
0: Good deal. What, what about setting the tone for the climate of your school within the first 20 days? Is Is there something that you make sure that you try to get accomplished in order to get teachers off on the right foot, students off on the right foot, your community there off on the right foot?
1: It is, you know. You go back to the old Harry Wong book, you know, the, the first days of school, you know, and that and that's important, you know. You you can't, you, you know, you can't go two weeks late, you know, into the school and say, oh, now I'm gonna be strict on discipline as a teacher or administrator. You know, you got to start from day one, you know. And I make sure my students from day day one understand the Trojan way, you know, as far as the the routines and rituals that that they need to do at Peach County High School. You know, like one of the things we don't allow, we don't allow cell phones in the classroom. You know, and some you know when they come from another district or, or somewhere else, then then they need to know from day one that that at Peach County High School, you know, you can only use your cell phones in the lunchroom. So we we want to make sure that you know not just our ninth graders that are coming from two different middle schools in the district, but you know kids that are coming from from other schools you know, in other districts, you know, to make sure that they know the Trojan way, you know, as far as the routines and rituals. Um, you know, one thing I like to do, too, the first, you know, it's usually the first, we let them get adjusted the first couple of days, but, you know, within the first week or week and a half, I hold uh, class meetings, you know, with our, our students, like the ninth grade, I have a meeting 10th, 11th, and 12th. Of course, we'll go over our expectations with those kids whether it be discipline dress code you know credits to graduate but we set the tone pretty good in that meeting and one thing that i do and i think is very important for any anybody um i think you need to visit every classroom you know and and, and let you let the kids know that you're coming because that's one thing that we believe in we believe in frequent monitoring um it's not a i got gotcha. you but it's one of them, you know, one of those ways that you'll know what's going on in the classroom. You know, that's like being a, you coach for a long time, that's like being a head football coach and you stay in the field house and let your assistants go out there and do it. Well, you ain't gonna know what's gonna happen to Friday night. You know, that's the same way here. If we, if we didn't go in the classrooms, we're not gonna know what's gonna happen until the EOCs, you know. So we believe in frequent monitoring. And I believe that starts, you know, I believe that starts week one. You know so my goal is to do a, a a focus walk and visit each classroom uh within the first uh, three weeks of school and you know i believe that's a a good tone it, you know give teachers feedback that they need but it also lets the students know that that they that were coming they not know they don't know what they were coming but we, we visit each classroom every week so you know i think that really cuts down on discipline as well
0: okay well we covered that topic pretty thoroughly i appreciate your input and feedback yes, on sir. that let's move into uh ethics and leadership or either just in education overall and and uh, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist for plenty of people to figure out that social media has had a huge impact on ethics in the uh, in the education industry so just kind of talk to us about uh, your school systems policy or just your school buildings policy on social media is that something that you have to address there with your faculty
1: I tell you that's a a great topic to include in all your questions because I tell you that is a hot topic today. Um There have been a lot of people in the state of Georgia, not just in education, but a lot of people who have lost their jobs because of social media. You know, people who have lost their jobs in the last ten years that wouldn't have lost their job twenty years ago. you know so that is something you got to be careful. I believe social media is a huge, huge tool. You know, I believe in it. You know, I can reconnect with people I hadn't seen since I graduated thirty years ago. You know, I, I always put a um, an inspirational quote every Every day on Twitter and Facebook, um I believe in that um anything goes around it goes on around peach county i'm I'm taking pictures and I'm putting this on it's on social media before I get back to my office um so I think it is a great tool, but I think it's also a tool you have to be very, very careful of. you know as far as our our policy um the district policy here at Peach County, we don't really have a a system policy for social media, but we do have guidelines on of course what's appropriate for staff to post online. And so that it's done in a respectful and professional way that will not only protect them but it will also protect the reputation of Peach County Schools
0: okay have you had any issues that you've had to deal with either with faculty and staff or, or maybe even uh, you know parents who may have reached out to you concerned about something that they may have seen from a staff member there at any of your schools
1: yeah, unfortunately, you know, I've had to redirect as, as an assistant principal, not only here at Peach County, but when I was at another district, you know, I've had to redirect some of our um, teachers and, and, and staff on, on what, what we considered uh, posts or pictures that, that may be appropriate for somebody else to put on Facebook or, or Twitter, but not appropriate for a, an educator put on Twitter Um, I just I just think you got to be very very careful about it but we've had to uh, we have definitely had to redirect and I'm sure every principal and probably every principal assistant principal in the state of Georgia probably had to redirect some of their staff at one time or another um, on what's appropriate what's not appropriate uh, as far as putting on Facebook as far as anybody um, uh, to parent reaching out we've had you know parents reaching out about kids posting negative things or you know cyberbullying you know about their child but we've not had anybody reach out about you know an adult you know posting anything inappropriate about you know reaching out to their child like on uh, dm or any of that kind
0: of stuff that's good let's move into honesty uh and this is it's still an area of, of of ethics and it, you know oftentimes you'll see you know an ethics complaint is sometimes centered around not just social media but around um you know, money, fundraising, uh collecting monies and whatnot. Do you guys have anything any safeguards in place with how y'all uh write checks or raise money or distribute funds or anything like that?
1: We do, and, and I'll tell you, and, and this is for any aspiring leader or anybody, you know, the, the easiest way for anybody to lose their certificate is, is messing with money and messing with children, you know. So you definitely definitely, deal with somebody else's money. You've got to be careful. Um, some of the safeguards we do, we, our, our district does a great job at it. One of the things as far as writing a check, you know, I sign every check um, except my own. I can't sign my own, but we must have two administrative signatures um, on, on any activity check. Um, of course, like I said, no administrator can sign their own check. So if I if I had to you know get reimbursed on something, I can't sign my own. If you know if there's an, an AP that had went to SAM, and they need to get reimbursed, of course they couldn't sign their own. I could sign it, but it has to be another AP. So we have those you know in place, which you know I think is great because it's um it, it just protects everybody. Uh, checks cannot be written without approval by by me or principal and proper backup documentation. You know, they can't just come say, I need a $400 check for this. I need to, I need to know, you know, is it a workshop here or, or, or whatever it may be. You know, it's a, it's a very important, you know, of course, especially in the smaller schools with less staff to keep a separation of duties and a good system of checks and balances in place. It just protects everybody.
0: What about booster clubs? Do you have to manage any of your booster clubs there and and have to search for any financial transparency on, on their part? uh if you had any experience with that or, or
1: and of course this could be different at different districts but you know in peach county you know our booster clubs and, and ptos you know those are completely separate entities from 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 our, our schools um the school does not have any involvement in the financial dealings of, of the booster clubs uh in peach county and of course that may be different at different schools throughout the state of georgia okay
0: uh let's move into the topic of uh, aspiring leaders and um you know you obviously we know a little bit about your background coming through the TAP program and moving into educational leadership um, what type of leadership development did, did you receive did you receive anything outside of maybe your formal training through your master's degrees or your six year degrees or maybe your doctoral degree did you have any other program like maybe through a RESA or anything like that that you did to, as an aspiring leader
1: no, I did I did not personally. I've known others that have, but I, but I did not.
0: Okay. Uh, well, what kind of advice would you give uh, a teacher who may be considering the move into educational leadership?
1: The thing I would say, Dr. Finch, I would say definitely be a sponge. You know, take it all in. I know when I was a, um, I was a teacher in Taylor County, you know, I attended all the leadership team meetings. I attended board meetings. I mean, I attended any kind of leadership-type meetings that that I could attend just so I could gain more knowledge on being a leader. You know, I watched a lot of webinars. You know, I I, I bought a lot of uh, uh, Peter Drucker books. I bought just a lot of leadership type books. I read those. Um, I just you know I'd just be a sponge and, and and get involved in as much you know leadership you know type roles as far as you know that you could be in as far as attending different different meetings and all.
0: Okay, what about? An assistant principal who's thinking about trying to be a principal what what type of advice would you give that person
1: really pretty much the same thing you know that's what when I became an assistant principal you know I I was just being a sponge off my principal you know i I worked for several different principals um, I'll tell you some some may not have been as good as others but I did learn I learned something from all of them you know just you know just learn what to do and what not to do um, from, from some, but even if it's a great leader that you're working under or not a great leader you're working under, you're going to learn something from all of them, you know. But I would just say be a sponge with them and, and learn, learn, just learn a little bit from all of them, you know. And like I said, some things you'll learn what to do and some things you'll learn that you're not going to do when you become a, a principal. <laughs>
0: that, that's very true. That's very true, especially when you work with several different uh, principals like you've worked with. So. right. Um, right let's talk lastly let's talk about uh state associations and and involvement in things like like gale and gassp can you kind of speak to our podcast listeners or maybe even some of our aspiring leaders about the importance of uh, uh of membership in state associations
1: i think it's huge you know i think it's a you know it's a great way to network it's a great way to learn um, you know, of course, Gale does a great, great job. You've got, um Winter Gale that's coming up here not too long from now. You've got Summer Gale that is coming up in, um usually in July. Um I, I would definitely, you know, definitely recommend to, to be a member of those associations. If nothing else, it gives you a great networking pool, uh, tool that you can reach out to other leaders and, and get get some advice from them if you don't know. And of course, you know, Gale also puts on legal issues. You know, our, our, you know, legal issues are something very important to attend because Things are changing daily, whether it be special ed laws or, you know, transgender laws, you know, so I would definitely recommend attending any of these kind of, you know, Gale workshops and, 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 conferences. But, but it's also very important like GASSP, whatever, you know, if you're in the middle school, high school or elementary level, I would definitely recommend to join one of those associations because again, you can network with, uh, assistant principals and principals. And I know you're, you got one of your assistant principals that, that sends out emails all the time and meet and Macon to go out to eat and all and just, just being able to network with them and bounce ideas off on them. But I think it's a a very, very important thing to do, you know, for any aspiring leader is to join one of these organizations.
0: Sounds good. Just podcast listeners, just as a reminder, we are talking with Dr. Ken Hartley today, and he has talked with us about topics that ranged from Title I to ethics to a summer work schedule and obviously, uh, you know, his advice for aspiring leaders. So, Again, I want to thank our podcast listeners for tuning in and listening to Episode 8 of our first season here on the Georgia High School Principals Podcast, which is a podcast by high school principals for high school principals and all educators in Georgia. I'm your host, Jim Finch, and I want to thank Dr. Ken Hartley, principal of Peach County High School, as today's guest. So, Thank you, Dr. Hartley, for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down and talk with us.
1: Dr. Finch, I sure appreciate it, and I appreciate what you're doing for for leaders in the state of Georgia. This this podcast is great. I've listened to all of them, you know. And and we're all lifelong learners. It don't matter if you've been a administrator, or a teacher, you know, for years. You know, you learn something every day, and it's just great to hear, you know, what other leaders throughout the state of Georgia have to say. So I want to commend you. Hats off to you for this great podcast, and I look to look forward to
0: listening to to many more. Well, we certainly do appreciate your joining. And, and of course, you had a lot of great information and and insight and advice for uh, any of our listeners and any of our aspiring leaders. So, as always, podcast listeners, please feel free to share this podcast on all platforms of social media. We look forward to recording future podcasts with other principals in our great state. So, for now, we are signing off. Thanks for listening.